Northwest, how are my people? Yeah. Is there anybody alive out there? What time? Hey, what's happening? I'm Lee McCormick. Welcome to Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast, episode 134, 2023 tour, night 10 and 11, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle, Washington. The 2023 World Tour made its way to the West Coast recently, and two friends of the show reached out to share their experiences with us. Frank Zafiro and Dan Fink joined me for this episode to recap the Portland and Seattle concerts. Thanks, as always, for listening and downloading the show from the website TrampsLikeUsPod.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you found the show. Stay in touch with us at the Facebook group page, Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast. Thanks to Frank and Dan for reaching out and sharing their thoughts. If any one of you out there are going to be seeing the band, please come on the podcast and share your experience. Holler at me on the website or the Facebook group page. All right, let's get on that Portland train. Streets 
with me today is Frank Zafiro. How you doing, my friend? Doing fantastic. All right. Thanks for coming on the show and uh, talking about a couple of Springsteen shows you just saw, right? You recently saw him in uh, uh, Portland and Seattle, right? Yeah, back to back. Well, want to hear about those shows. We're going to go through the set list, get your reaction, your recap of those couple of shows. But before we get into those shows specifically, tell me about the lead up, summary of your fandom of the band. Uh, have you seen them before? I, you know, I've been a fan since... Uh... 1978 when i was 10 years old my dad brought darkness on the edge of town home um and which is kind of a weird record for a 10 year old to get excited about but yeah for sure <laughs> but I did. it's a little dark yeah but it, it fit it fit me for sure and and uh so you know that's that's 44 years ago so like a lot of folks out there you know for me it's felt like springsteen's music was the soundtrack of my life uh, and I, I don't think I'm at all alone in, in that sentiment. Um, so, uh, but I didn't actually go to a concert till, uh, the, the, <laughs> the 92, 93 concert. So, you know, just in time not to see the E street band, you know, I barely missed them in, uh, on the tunnel love tour. I was in the army. I was over in Germany and they played Munich like the week before I, I got there. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, so yeah, so the Human Touch Lucky Town was the first shot I got, and so uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I was missing the band, obviously, but yeah, it's still I, good. It's still Springsteen, right? The guy delivers yeah, a great yeah. show no matter what, right? And that band's underrated. I mean, because they're compared to the E Street Band, right, but they yeah. actually put on a heck of a show. And 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 I I'm more partial to those records than some fans. I like them, yeah, uh, more than the average fan. I think. Um, so, you know, then I hit, uh, let's see, uh, I, I hit the, the Tom Joad tour over in Seattle. That was a great, great tour. Uh, when he came through on the reunion tour, I finally got to see the East street band, which was uh, pretty awesome. Took my kids to their first concert for the rising tour. Um, little did I know that my daughter would, uh, develop into, uh, just as big a fan as I am. So that, that's kind of neat. Kind of planted the seeds there back in, in, uh, to 2002 that's good parenting uh, yeah. yeah yeah well i i took her on a daddy daughter trip in 2005 over for the devils and dust tour and and she doesn't really remember the rising tour much but when i talk to her now she remembers that tour because the the devils and dust show rather because you know it was just her and i and we 
did some fun stuff over there in Seattle. And also because I made her cover her ears during the, the Reno. It's one of my all-time favorite Springsteen songs, but not not great for an 11-year-old to uh, listen to out of context. You yeah. know? Uh, so then uh, what was that? That was 05. I hit the Magic Tour in Portland. That was the first time I saw a show in Portland, and uh, that was a great show. And then my wife and I and my daughter went to the uh, Wrecking Ball Tour there in Portland. And boy, that was one of my greatest memories uh ever you know having having you know these two people that i i love so much right there with me sharing something that means so much you know and and then glancing down at this stage and seeing you know steven laughing and you know just the passion and fun that the band is having and then you know loops back around to some song that you know means a lot to me and i mean i was i was just a puddle of tears that night it was it was embarrassing and then my daughter and i hit the uh i didn't didn't hit the uh, high hopes tour but we hit the uh the river tour and that was obviously the last one and uh had some great memories from from that as well um so yeah there's a lot of people have been to a lot more shows than i have but living out here in the pacific northwest it's either travel a ton or you get one or two per tour well that's cool man well tell me about the lead up to these shows where you're where you're anxious to get tickets and uh how did your ticket buying process go was it a mess or was it pretty smooth for you well you know it was the same mess as it was for everyone i mean i, yeah. I i'm just as disappointed as as anyone and how that all turned out i I, I thought we weren't going to go to this tour when I logged on, uh, you know, when the tickets dropped for, for Portland and, you know, I start seeing first off the availability, I wasn't able to get in soon enough to even really get a shot at many decent tickets. And then suddenly they're, you know, 1200 bucks or whatever. And I just was, I was just a gog, you know, I was flabbergasted just like most people. And so, uh, you know, I kind of hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed and, didn't buy anything that that day and then i i guess later that week i just finally bit the bullet and i i bought uh tickets in the third level um luckily in in the first row there in a you know so nobody in front of us but way up on the third level and thinking they were going to be pretty terrible tickets but at least we were going to be at this show and they cost you know three times what i'd ever paid for springsteen tickets before and and so for that reason, I kind of held out on the Seattle tickets. I was yeah. like, if I don't get a better deal, I'm just going to tell Maria we're going to do something fun in Seattle and skip the show or, or something because I wasn't going to pay that kind of money. And uh, I got lucky. I found a couple behind the stage for a couple hundred bucks. Uh, well, 250 I think they were, which, I mean, I paid a couple hundred bucks for the show in, in, on the river tour, the river reunion there that uh, – 2016 show so i didn't feel like that was out of, out of line and they were right there you know behind the stage with nobody in front of us and i thought that might be a cool way to see a show i'd never done that before uh so so that part went pretty smooth but i i didn't buy those tickets till about a week before the show and well and you're going to go to milwaukee i think you said yeah i actually uh, i'm going to milwaukee and like uh on tuesday coming up i'm going to be in milwaukee for the show and uh, I also got tickets for uh, Toronto and uh, Philly. I'm going to go down and see him in Philly in August. So that's going to be cool. I like that it, it's kind of spaced out. I got like four months in between my shows kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? So it's not like three shows all all in one week or something like that, you know? So, so you already scored your Milwaukee tickets then? 
I did. I got those like back in July on the first wave of when everything went mm-hmm. on sale. Yeah. And for me, it wasn't a hassle. Like I got seats sort of behind the stage as well, and they were like two. Two fit two forty or something like that. They're and they're. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see how they are on on uh, Tuesday. But I've sat there for shows before, and it's it's kind of cool seeing that vantage point. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a musician, so mm-hmm. I love watching the band and the oh, kind yeah. of all that stuff, right? So you know, seeing the drummer from that vantage point is going to be great. All right. So tell me about the day of the show. Uh, Portland was on uh, February twenty fifth, uh, twenty twenty three. Mm-hmm. This was night ten of the tour at the Moda Center. So we, we cruised up there. We live in central Oregon, the wife and I, and, and so we drove up and my daughter flew in and, and, um, you know, we, we wandered over there to the arena about, uh, we didn't want to get there right away. We kind of wanted to just waltz right in or so we thought we got there about seven, um, and the line was crazy. Uh, I mean, I literally started having, uh, fears that, you know that the no surrender drums were going to kick in and we'd still be standing out the door uh didn't end up being that way we got we got to our seats about 20 after so it wasn't horrible um you never know though you got to be safe though you never know right like you could show up at one arena and be like ah it's totally got in quickly and i'm here in my season we we could we're here way too early but then you go to another arena and it's a it's a clusterfuck mess with a line or security and yeah and we got in the line that was moving at like one third the pace of the other line but by the time we figured it out you know the 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 end of that line was way too far back to go start over it's like changing lanes of traffic (laughs) yeah yeah which which checkers the fast one you know or whatever (laughs) but uh you know my wife just kept saying it's fine we're gonna be fine and you know, stop worrying about it. And I, I just had to say, yeah, you know, it's going to be fine. Uh, I used to worry more when I was younger, but uh, not, not quite as much these days, but we got to get, we got in all right. And I'll tell you um, for folks ever considering going to a show there in Portland at the Moda center, I will say it is a great, great arena for seeing a rock show or, or any kind of a musical act. Uh, even though we were up in the third level, the 300 seats, uh, and granted, we were in the first seat, so this could be different for folks a little further back. But I felt like we were right on top of the stage there, had a great sight line. Uh, you know, I mean, I was glad for the monitors to to see the close-up stuff, but I didn't feel like I was looking at stick figures. You know, I mean, they, they, it was pretty good viewpoint. So for folks uh, wondering if it's it's a place to go or not, uh, you know, I've seen him there twice now, and and or three times now, and and. Uh, from three very, very different vantage points, and all of them were great. Who plays there? Is that where the Trailblazers play, the basketball team? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a 15,000, 16,000-seat arena, right? Something like that? Yeah, I think it might be a little bigger than that, yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a trip. Yeah, I think an NHL team could play there yeah. uh, as well. So it's uh, you know anywhere from 16 to 18, probably, triple-decker. But uh, but the way they've built it, it it's uh, you don't feel like you're – in the nosebleeds, at least not in the front rows of the third level. You guys are in your seat. The lights go down. The band walks on stage, right? <laughs> yeah, you know how that goes. But it's always it's always so cool, you so know. Exciting. And, yeah, you're like, and, oh, there he is, and everybody's yeah. standing up, and you're applauding it. And finally, we're seeing our we're seeing our band back after six, seven years, right? It's beautiful. Yeah, what it's been moment. forever. <laughs> and I'm and I'm like a I start like having like I can't control myself. I'm announcing the band members to my wife as they come on stage, you know, cause yeah. she, she's like, like she's, she's, she's Springsteen adjacent, right? right I mean, yeah. she's like a casual fan by, by, you know, just having been around me all these years. 
Um, you know, we've been married since 2009. Um, you know, so she doesn't necessarily know the band members aside from a couple of them. I mean, obviously she knew the big band and stuff. So I'm, you know, announcing them and oh, professor Roy Benton, you know, <laughs> you know, it's mighty max. And I'm just getting so excited. And, and then, you know, then they launch into no surrender, which has a great drum intro as we, as we all know. Um, not one of my favorite songs off of not one of my favorite records, to be honest with you, but it's a great opener. Really? I thought that they, could probably be my, uh, my favorite Springsteen song. Probably. <laughs> I like the slowed down version. Top three for, uh, me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like the slowed down version, uh, that he did on the born in the USA tour a few times. The one that's on the box set, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that one. one, yeah, that one hits me a little harder. Um, it's one of those songs, you know, that like, I like it and I wouldn't, like skip it if i if i got a playlist going and i'm perfectly happy when they play it but if you handed me the magic marker and said you're in charge of this set list tonight dude i don't know that it would make the set list for me um but that's the beauty of it right for you it's a top three song so you know yeah I mean, the catalog is so deep right so many songs mm-hmm. appeal to so many different mm-hmm. people and, and it got the place going and then it's i mean it's got such power you know the drums and the and, and the guitar yeah uh are are so powerful so that played really well the 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 crowd was into it right away um you know and then of course you go into a a, a ghost which is you know lesser known and one of the things i noticed at both shows and and i don't think it it shows up on the you know on the on the nugs releases because i've i've listened to the snippets of the portland one uh thinking about picking it up but in the actual arena uh, I don't know if it's a volume thing or a mix thing, but the vocals are a little muddy um, or were a little muddy anyhow, uh, because Ghost is a song I don't know the lyrics to by heart. Uh, and so I couldn't make them out. Yeah, pretty standard set list so far. He goes from Ghosts into Prove It All Night, Letter to You. And, and Prove It was where I came out of my seat, you know, being a Darkness fan and, and yeah. also that intro, I mean that's just so iconic and it just it, it and it, and they nailed it the band was is is coming together nicely i've heard a couple other folks uh, talk about them you know maybe not quite being up to up, up to uh you know game didn't, didn't necessarily have their game legs just yet uh at, at the first few shows but they they do now that's for sure uh letter to you had a little bit of a rockier you know rock edge to it that uh, was kind of fun a little different than the than the uh record uh, you know, and then you get promised land, which is just always a, a, a great treat out in the street. You know, that, that was one that, uh, the audience gets into, man. I mean, the callback and all of that going on. It yeah. Was, some good crowd a, participation with that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And I had seen this set list. I had cheated, you know, I, I, I went to the end of the book and read the ending, you know, <laughs> so it's hard was, not to was, with Springsteen, man. It's hard <laughs> not to like, I was yeah, going to try to yeah. do it. Cause I try whenever I go to see other artists, I don't look at the set list because I'd like to be surprised, right? But there's no way I could go like five right. weeks without checking right. a Springsteen set list. No. Plus, it's so much oh, fun to see just... the couple of alternates he puts in every night, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and what was the show going to be like? I mean, I mean, it's been you know since 2016. So, how much music has he put out in that time, and how is he going to choose you know to tour behind that? And uh, it's become kind of clear, at least to me, that. You know, this is touring behind Letter to You, pretty much. I mean, that's really the the one that's getting the play. There's nothing off of uh, 
Western stars and, and which is understandable. And then of course, um, due to some absences, they didn't even do anything from, from, uh, only the strong survive. Yeah. He's been um, dropping those songs. There was two songs he was playing from only the strong survive and he's dropped that. We should mention a uh, COVID casualty. I assume, I don't know. Curtis King mm-hmm. Jr. Was absent yeah. for this show, right? He's one of the background singers. Oh, both, both of them actually. Oh, yeah. Shows. Okay. Yeah. What was I going to say out in the street? Yeah. Candy's room. Kitty's back. And then we get into the, this was the slot where those two only the strong survive songs were. Mm-hmm. Now he's replaced mm-hmm. them with uh, uh, the first tour premiere of one of my favorite songs. I'm on fire. How was that one? That was awesome. I got to say first though, that uh, uh, Kitty's back was pretty darn cool. Um, I am one of those fans who isn't super into the wild and the innocent. That's not, it's not one of my favorite records. And I know that's sacrilege for some fans out there, but uh, uh, it's just never been one that I've, you know, super dug on a lot. I like it fine. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the worst Springsteen album is still better than nine tenths of the music out there in my opinion. Right. But, uh, uh, but this arrangement was so cool because, you know, he, he goes and lets every one of, of the, uh, you know, brass and, and, and the drums, every one of those folks gets a moment in the sun and they get to do a little solo and, and, and everything. And, and it's, it's like a 20 minute section of the show and it doesn't feel like it. It's just, uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. I I really enjoyed it. I'm not into jazz and this is kind of, was kind of jazzy in that respect. And it was just really cool how, how, how they did it. It was, uh, uh, my wife said it was the highlight of the show for her, you know, that, wow. that she thought it was so cool, but yeah, then, you know, I'm on fire kicks in. I leaned over to my daughter and I said, I think this is a tour premiere, you know, yeah. cause I hadn't been watching, uh, every single set list. So I, I could have been wrong. I figured, but it seemed like it was going to be, and boy, that was, it was short and sweet, but it was very tight and it was very, uh, you know, very nice to hear. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Go away and leave you all alone. I got a bad desire Oh, I'm on fire Tell me now, baby, is he good to you? Will he do to you the things that I'll do? Oh, no, I can take you higher Oh, I'm on fire Come on now Sometimes it's like someone took a knife, baby, edgy and dope Cut a six-inch belly through the middle of my skull At night I wake up with the sheets soaking wet Freight train running through the middle of my head Only you can cool my desire
great for a mood change. It's got such a mm-hmm. such a feel, such a different feel, it's a different vibe than any of his other material, right? Yeah, totally, totally good. Uh, uh, and and the definitely got the audience involved because it is one of those that most you know even the casual fans know. Um, and then he kicked into one that I really hadn't listened to hardly at all prior to this tour, and that is Burning Train. And I got to say that one got bumped into my rotation after hearing it live. Uh, it, it, it was pretty, it cranked along uh, really well. I mean, I ran into that same muddiness in terms of trying to pick up the verse lyrics. I mean, I wasn't able to pick them all up, uh, but uh, obviously the chorus is pretty straightforward and understandable and it, it cranks. It was good. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really dug that. And, and it's nice because even though this is a static set list and I'm a longtime fan, so some of these I've heard in concert before I've heard recordings of them and so forth. Uh, this was a new song for me, essentially, you know, and getting to hear a new song is always exciting in concert. Right. And then back to the uh, standard set list for the rest of the night. Uh, we get Johnny 99, E Street Shuffle, mm-hmm. Last Man Standing, solo acoustic. Yeah, that Last Man Standing into Backstreets was some of the most powerful concert uh, moments that I think I've 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 experienced. Um, you know the the acoustic rendition of Last Man Standing uh, when they had the close up of him. I got to tell you it. <laughs> It looked like he was pretty emotional. Now, I mean, we all know he can act. I mean, he was on Broadway, right? But I don't think he was. I mean, it looked very sincerely emotional. And then uh, when it kicks into to back streets, there's a big emotional surge for the fans. But he seemed to be pretty emotional as he was playing it. And there was a little bit of an extended uh, monologue in the middle uh, or there, you know, right before the end, kind of a coda, I guess, maybe. And that seemed pretty sincerely emotion, uh, very emotional for him too. So that was, that was a pretty, that was my highlight of the show. Uh, maybe not my two favorite songs necessarily, although backstreet's one of my favorites, but just the emotion of it and the presentation of it and the sincerity or the, the genuine, you know, uh, message he seemed to be trying to, you know, share with the audience. It was all very powerful. Then we go into Because the Night, She's the One, Wrecking Ball, The Rising, and Badlands to close the regular set there. Yeah, and those all rocked, as you could imagine. Uh, uh, Nils is is such a great guitarist, and he did a couple of spins during Because the Night. Um, uh, she's the one got the crowd going with the, you know, with the refrain and, and everything. Wrecking uh, uh, Ball is such a good fit for for kind of the theme of this tour. It's always been one that I've, I've liked quite a bit, such a, you know, it's one of those songs that, uh, you know, it it makes sense that it's almost paired with Badlands here because it, it does what a lot of these Springsteen songs do is even when it sounds downhearted, there's a resilience and, a and, uh, and sort of, a uh, resistance to giving up, you know, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get my ass kicked and I'm maybe I'm going to lose, but bring on your wrecking ball. You know I mean? It's that never give up sort of thing. And, and, and it's, uh, it comes out in the show. Uh, and for me, the rising, um, 
the rising felt just a tiny bit rushed compared to some of the other uh presentations i've i've seen but um i found myself thinking wow i wonder if this song is different for him now that he has a grown son who's a fireman you know Um, yeah maybe yeah and then badlands i mean that's one of my all-time favorites and if you if you don't get your blood pumping during that if your fist isn't pumping and yeah you know i mean then i don't know what to tell you i mean i've got a tattoo on my forearm that says ain't no sin so i think we all know where i fall on on badlands uh just that 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 uh resilience and and uh you know kind of almost pessimistic hope if, if that makes sense that comes out of that song it's just uh, uh it's kept me going during some hard times and i don't think i'm the only one it's one of those songs that fits anywhere in his set right you can it's a good opener it's a good closer it's a good encore song you could throw it right in the middle and it'll still work right it's a it's got such an energy to it he knows where to yeah. put where to put it to pace his set list right yeah you're absolutely right and the crowd loved it crowd was into it it's it's so cool to be in this audience and you know and it gets to that that point of the course and everybody's you know screaming badlands and pumping their fists at the same time it's just uh uh it it's it's what life music's all about and then we get the standard encore thunder road born to run rosalita glory days dancing in the dark 10th avenue freeze out and then i'll see you in my dreams to close the show yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, it, it went fast. I mean, it went fast. There was no break between, they didn't leave the stage after Badlands. I mean, they, they did the bows and everything, but then went straight up, straight back to their instruments and, and that harmonica kicks in and you get Thunder Road. And, and that was awesome. Uh, just to, to hear people. I mean, I, I always enjoy the part where, you know, where he turns it over to the audience and, you know, you ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. You know, I mean, it's kind of a fun sing along. Uh, Born to run with the lights up, you know, and you know, I love you with all the madness in my soul. You know, screaming that. Uh, there's, there's just, there's nothing better. I don't think. Uh, Rosalita, they just obviously had so much fun playing that. I mean, there being a bunch of twelve-year-old dorks on stage while they're playing. You know, uh, just enjoying the hell out of, uh, of it. Uh, and uh, you know, glory days dancing. That's those are for the casual fans. I love them, but uh, uh, you know, I think they're 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 there so that folks who didn't know what to expect got got what they expected uh, uh, to some degree. Tenth uh, Avenue, you know, was never a song I was super big on as a record, uh, you know, as a studio cut. Um, but having seen it in concert, I love it. You know, it's a huge song for that. And they did a nice little tribute to uh, both, uh, you know, both Cl- Clarence and Danny uh, on, on this on the screen while he was singing the the second uh, half of that song. Uh, and he goes out amongst the crowd, and so there's some participation there. Um, and uh, you know, then the band heads off. It's it's a it's a much more powerful song live than I mean, it's just huge compared to even how it is on the record. And it's not exactly, you know, weak on the record, you know, uh, you know, and then they all go off and he plays this. I mean, what a gutsy move to to end a, a rock concert that's been cranking pretty hard. Yeah, I Ninety-five percent yeah. of the time with an acoustic song. And it's such a sweet acoustic song, very uplifting, if wistful. Um, I like how they bring the sh- lights down, too. Like he's had the mm-hmm. lights up and then he brings the lights mm-hmm. back down, get a little intimate for this last song, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then and then that's it. He he says thank you and and his and, you know leaves and the lights come up and and you know ticket fiasco aside, ticket price aside, all of that. Uh, I remember him making a comment to the effect of how you know you, you, if you're not satisfied, you, you can have your money back, sort of comment. And some people were a little you know taken aback at that or thought it was snarky or whatever. But I'll tell you um, that promise made was a promise kept i mean i i don't know how much i paid for those tickets to portland i i really don't care at this point you, you weren't know, thinking about a refund at that moment right <laughs> no 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 i wouldn't i would i would not in good conscience have been able to ask for for, for one by any means um and so you know it's just a powerful powerful night and uh, uh, g- uh great crowd great great uh venue can't can't say enough good things about it talk about night 11 so that was two nights later uh seattle washington at the climate pledge arena february 27th uh so i went up there uh flew up there from portland with my daughter and my wife had to come back and go to work on monday so um you know it was just the another daddy daughter trip and 
you know, we had those tickets behind the stage. So we're pretty pumped for that. So we did a little different there. Like we, we got there way early because, um, she wanted to get some swag and, and maybe something to drink. And, and so, uh, we got to the arena early now climate pledge is a new, very new arena just opened within the last year. Um, really nice, really nice. Another great place to see a show. Can't recommend it highly enough. That's, uh, uh, the, the acoustics are good. The sound is good and they've got uh, pretty much anything you want there facility wise. Um, I was pleasantly surprised at how quickly the, the, uh, merchandise line went, uh, it looked like it was a forever line and it, and it's, it was actually two lines coming at it from two different directions. So it went pretty fast. Um, we probably only stood my daughter got me the uh, green T-shirt with the orange um, photo and lettering. Cool. So uh, uh, that's it with, the, of course, the tour stops on the back. Got the white one. Um, that's pretty simple. And then uh, uh, her her mom's uh, husband or her stepdad he he asked for one. Uh, so she, she grabbed him, I think the black one, um, and you know, 50 bucks for a t-shirt, ouch. But then again, I don't think it's any more ouch than any other band out there. So, um, it's a you different know, world than it, seeing it, concerts in the, uh, the eighties and the nineties when I grew up, man. Yeah. <laughs> seven fifty for a t-shirt or something. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, remember 20, here, I, remember, I remember 20 and 25 yeah. bucks for t-shirt. I remember when I went to 30, I was like 30 bucks. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I'm drinking right now from my, my devils and dust cup that I got because it was like 15 bucks and I didn't want to spend 40 bucks on a t-shirt back in 2000, 2005. So yeah, sometimes uh, I like the little accessories gonna... better than the t-shirt, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like isn't yeah. Springsteen selling like a dice keychain? Like I might take a look at that. That might be kind yeah. of cool. Something like that. Yeah. I, I, I got one that is, uh, an E street street sign like you know green with the white lettering so uh, like street that, sign, that was yeah. pretty that, yeah yeah that was pretty cool. cool um but you know i mean she she was all you bought the tickets in the hotel and all this stuff so i'm gonna buy you a shirt so now it's a more special shirt than it would have been if i would have bought it for myself you know yeah. um they got good eats there if you want um and, and it's pretty localized stuff you know so you can kind of get the flavor of the city a little bit as opposed to Here's a Wendy's, here's a Burger King, here's a McDonald's, you know, type of type of setup. Did they have some fish? Uh, did you see uh <laughs> did you see that little <laughs> clip of uh, of a Bruce at the I fish did. market? <laughs> I did down there at Pike Street. Uh, Pike yeah, Street, so there's this yeah. clip going around of uh Springsteen, I guess, in this this shop, this fish market. He's the, they go behind the uh counter and they they chuck like a fucking mm -hmm. huge fish at you, right? And he has to you have to catch it yeah. in <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a pretty famous uh, tourist spot there. They throw fish uh, to to people and stuff, and so uh, it was kind of. Cool. I guess when you're famous, you get to go behind the counter. Right, so right, yeah. One of the one of the bennies of being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I guess. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool yeah so we we uh had a little more downtime before the show and everything but uh those you, you know you've sat behind the stage before you said so you know how that goes um the seats were a little uh more narrow than the uh seats we had at, at um 
uh, at the Moda Center up high. Um, but they weren't, you know, it wasn't like being on one of those little tiny jet planes or anything where you have to sit with your knees together. Um, and it was full. There weren't any empty seats uh, near us. Um, in fact, looking around the arena, I saw a couple of pockets of empty seats, uh, you know, like eight or 10, maybe uh, clumped in a couple, two or three spots throughout the arena. But other than that, it was full, uh, completely full. Um, I think the band came on maybe 10 minutes after. I mean, again, they didn't mess around. They didn't wait. Um, and uh, boom, same show started, you know, right away. And so it's a different view from the back. It's like you're, it's weird because like the music, you're totally engaged in the music, but you're not seeing the faces. And so there's also a, a sort of detachment at the same time. And yeah. you start noticing different things. Like I was watching Max a lot more, you know, being back there than I might otherwise have. I love seeing the interaction with the band, like Bruce turning around, looking at Steve, Bruce looking at Max mm -hmm. or like Nils mm -hmm. having a moment with Max. Some of these things you don't really see when you're out front. Right. I like that vantage point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you see the, you know, the horns come on when they, they sneak them on and the background singers and, and you see Jake getting ready, you know, to, to do his thing and and picking uh, the tenor to, up and walking to the front of the stage right yeah yeah <laughs> and, you, and you got a side view of of roy uh bitten doing his thing and 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 that's just amazing especially like when backstreets hit in you know and, and some of the other more piano heavy uh songs it's yeah. it's just piano's tough on stage to to watch because you're just basically sitting there and you, yeah. you can't really see what he's playing right like yeah, but when you can see right at his hands from that angle that we were at, you, you really, had the good spot. So you were kind of yeah, on his side yeah. of the stage behind. Okay, mm -hmm. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a basically a beeline straight, uh, straight for his his him and his keyboard. So yeah, I mean, it's not like I could see each individual note being touched, but you could watch his hands dancing. And uh, you know, I'll tell you, both nights, uh, if you were to close your eyes and try to imagine, okay, how old are you know is the core of this band you know i mean you would not have guessed you know like average age 70 you know i mean it was just it's so energetic and tight and and powerful that uh, uh you, you just you wouldn't think that pretty much the same set as portland so let's not go through it song by song no. but there were no, two switches right two alternates here yeah uh, two yeah. two really big ones right so after katie's back where the portland show he played i'm on fire in this slot a <laughs> big one he plays trapped oh i love this song oh geez i gotta tell you i mean it was fun to listen to those first eight songs even though i kind of knew which ones were coming I, yeah. I remembered from the night before and 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 you know candy's room was better i think this night and and prove it still rocked like it always does but when 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 that opening chords of trapped kicked in and yeah, i the intro with the, the hi-hat and he's playing the ding, ding, oh ding, yeah ding, 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 ding. yeah 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 the keyboard, the keyboard comes oh, with the, huh? oh I'm yeah getting, i'm getting shivers just thinking about it <laughs> I, I had I shivers it. that night man oh, i could man. i was like i and and here's the neat thing is I, I leaned over and told my daughter i said it's trapped she didn't know the song like she's a a big That's fan a deep cut. But, yeah it's a deep cut it's a but it is a deep cut and and you know it was popular during a time you know, kind of pre-rising. I mean, that's when it had its heyday with the band for the most part, right? And so... Yeah, it came out on uh, the We Are The World yeah. album, right? It was not like a yeah, album yeah. track, live version. Right, right. And so, um, 
you know, it's kind of neat for her because every single tour I've taken her to, she's discovered a new song that she didn't know. Like when we went to when we went to the uh, Wrecking Ball tour, you know, they played loose ends. You know, Steve got to pick a song, uh, and he picked that. And she'd never heard that before. And now it's one of her favorite songs, and so, uh, so she, so she got to hear "Trapped" for the first time live. You know, forty feet away from the stage, and so, awesome, you know, <laughs> so, and it. I'll tell you what: the energy and the skill that they had in bringing that song. You know, that slowly building tension, and then there's that explosion of 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 the uh the chorus yeah the, the chorus and then and then boom dropping back down for the next verse and, yeah, and doing it all over oh geez and it was just it was just like clockwork i mean the lights and the and the musicians all together great sax um, solo yeah. like the clarence oh yeah originally and now his nephew's mm-hmm. playing that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah it was just it was just awesome it was there's no other word for it i mean and and it, it really bumped up the experience a little bit too because i was feeling slightly detached because of the very little face contact even though i was enjoying the hell out of the music and then the surprise of that you know sucked me right back into just you know the absolute joy of it you know uh, it was it was good it was a great choice it was a really good choice and the other alternate came now you have to give me some clarification on this was this the last song of the main set or the first song of the encore was it, land it, of hope it and was Dreams? yeah it was the last song of the main set the main so set, they played okay. bad they played badlands oh and i gotta tell you before we get to there uh that t- that second night uh because because the night nils's solo was off the charts it was even better than it was in portland and he was spinning like twice as much he was like you know and we're not talking like reunion tour level stuff or anything but he did like three four turns you know and that, that's pretty impressive for you know a guy his age with i think he's got two new hips you know so um it was pretty it was pretty incredible
but yeah, they played Badlands, which uh, was as powerful as it always is. And then I was expecting them to, you know, line up and pretend that they were done and then do the encore. And he comes back and he's signaling and everything and, and uh, grabs a new guitar. And I'm like, Oh God, we're going to get an extra song. This is awesome. And then land of hope and dreams, you know, which is one of my daughter's favorites. And, and, um, and it's just a, it's such a, it's such a beautiful song, you know, such a beautiful sentiment. And uh, they, they nailed it, man. They they played it. it they definitely nailed it. it. I wish they would play the uh, the two thousand version though. Eh? Like I don't like the wrecking ball version with that syncopated drum part. You know mm-hmm. the part that goes. Dun, 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 dun. Like, oh yeah. I, yeah. I, I like the uh, I like the two thousand version. I wish they would go back to that. But yeah, I band, you know what? Not my show. <laughs> <laughs> But it was neat. It was neat to get a second, uh, you know, uh, another song without expecting it. And that drew me right. You know, again, I wasn't detached from the, I was enjoying the hell out of it. It was a great show, but you're still behind the stage looking at the back of people's heads, you know, and uh, a lot of the time. And so when something like, and you know what song's next, right? And so, uh, you know, I felt like I was flattening just a little bit compared to before, even though it was probably a more powerfully uh, presented evening. Uh, and then boom, you know, an, uh, just a surprise. And suddenly it's, you know, I'm, I'm electric again, uh, you know, and then they boom through the encore just like they did the previous night. Um, and, and, you know, no, no surprises there, but um, it was, I guess the surprise to me was how, geez, you know, I mean, I'd just seen the same show essentially with a couple of curveballs as I did two nights ago. And yet I'm still just, you know, pumped as hell, you know, through all of these songs and, and, and just excited as can be. And, and then when that last, you know, acoustic, uh, song, uh, you know, I'll see in my dreams, it was just as touching, uh, and just as poignant of a send off, um, as, as, uh, as, as to the previous, you know, show, um, the lights stayed down for quite a while after that. And I got to tell you, I was starting to have like little, little tendrils of hope creeping in that there was going to be like, you know, a one, more one more for song. you, Seattle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But alas, it was not to be. Crush on you. Here we go. One more for Seattle. Crush on yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. Well, and some people were hoping to see Eddie Vedder there too. And and that, you know, that oh, didn't yeah, happen yeah. either, but, uh, uh, but you never know. So we, we hung out until, until the lights came up and then, uh, you know, that was, it was all over. Uh, you know, I got to tell, tell Maria a little bit more about trapped and explain to her, you know, the whole history of that song and everything. So she, you know, while she's adding it on her playlist, on her Spotify, on her phone, you know, <laughs> while we're walking back to the hotel. Um, but you know, both great nights, um, and, and great for me in different ways because of the different vantage points. Uh, I've never been as close as I was behind the stage there. And that that's really neat. It's just, uh, it's just a neat, uh, uh, as you well know, to, to be that close to the people that are performing is, is just cool. Um, I think they were a little bit more intense on, on, uh, uh, the Seattle show and a little tighter, um, there were there were some feedback issues a few times in Portland, and I, I think I only heard one the entire show uh, there in Seattle. So whatever whatever was going wrong there, the boss got on it. Yeah. <laughs> they got it taken care of. I can't imagine he was happy about it, you know. Um, and so you know, I mean, I, I think the question comes up: 
hey, you know, the set list is fairly static. Is it worth it going to multiple shows? Um, and for me, it absolutely was. Um, you know, I don't know if I'd go to three or five necessarily if they were all going to be almost the same like this. But uh, but two, certainly, I did not feel like, ho-hum, I've seen this before. I mean, it was it was high energy the whole way. All right, man, that sounds good. Thank you so much, Frank, for sharing those uh uh, recaps for both of those shows um you got any closing thoughts i'm looking at whether you know the late late tour stuff is going to come anywhere near me it looks like they're coming to san francisco i might check those tickets out um but uh, uh i just want to say thanks for letting me come on and talk springsteen because like uh aside from for my daughter everyone else just their eyes roll back up in the back of their heads if i start oh. so <laughs> oh, that's their, they don't know what they're missing man. they don't know what they're missing right <laughs> yeah yeah everybody's got their thing so i don't I, I'm, I'm all right with it but uh, uh i do thank you for letting me come on and, and talk about it my pleasure thank you frank and uh, we'll see you further on up the road right on
Well, it seems like I've been playing your game way too long. And it seems the game I played has made you strong. Talking to Dan Fink. How you doing, Dan? Welcome to the show. Good to be good to be with you, Lee. Thank you. All right, and I'm you're, I'm talking to you. You're from uh, Idaho, correct? I am in Boise. I've been in Boise, Idaho for 30 years. Grew up on the East Coast, but uh, have become a, a Idahoan over the years. All right, and I want to get you on this episode because you went to the Seattle show, February 27th. 2023 night 11 but before we get into that can you maybe give us a quick little brief history on your springsteen fandom have you seen the band before how excited were you for this show so i have seen the band i think this was my seventh show my first was uh 1978 when i was a senior in high school on uh touring with darkness uh my 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 fandom goes goes back you know, probably till I was, you know, maybe junior high, 13, 14, uh, with the first, with the first two records. And I remember, uh, the first time when I was a, a kid really. And one of my good friends turned me on to the greetings from Asbury park and, uh, it kind of blew me away and I've been a fan ever since. That's cool, man. That's amazing. You got to see the Darkness tour. I love that tour. One of the first uh, episodes we did for this podcast, like six, seven years ago, was like covering that tour, that summer tour, which was just incredible. All those soundboard recordings because of those radio broadcasts are available too. So it's uh, it's a well documented tour, and I think that's when the Eastry Band really came into their own. Uh, one of their high points, I think, was that tour for sure. Absolutely, and you know, for me. Uh... There's something special about the first time, you know, every, every show has been really special and, uh, they've all been, been wonderful, but you know, there was, there, there's something about that, that first time that it was just a eye-opening experience. Have you always been in Idaho? Did he play Boise? No, I don't think he's ever played Boise. Uh, I, I grew up, uh, well, by the time I, in, in Philadelphia and by the time I was in junior high and high school, uh, just outside of Washington, D.C. So the first first show I saw him was was in, in, in D.C. Right, cool. When was the last time you saw him before this uh, Seattle show? Um, I saw him in Denver, I think, in 2016. And before that, I saw him on the, on, on the Magic Tour in San Jose. Right. So you kind of got to travel to see Springsteen these days, right? Because he's not playing. You know, I got to travel. <laughs> since, I moved, since I moved west... Uh, in 1994, yeah, the, the, you know, 
Boise is not quite up to the to the Springsteen concert capacity. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. He played uh, Tulsa like a couple weeks ago, and that show wasn't sold out because – you know, it's so hard to get tickets in the on the you know upper East Coast, and he's so uh, he's big in Toronto, but uh, certain areas he's not as huge as we'd think. Tulsa, there were some empty seats there. Yeah, that's that 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 was surprising to me because I you know I just think how could you if you have the opportunity to go and he's in your own town, how could you not go? Oh, you know, with these people, yeah. <laughs> cool. So, tell me about the lead up to the Seattle show. Did you have any problems getting tickets? That whole uh, verified uh, dynamic pricing bullshit was that an issue for you? Uh, you know, it, it was a it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, yeah, everybody's you know, having and, the same problems. A, I, <laughs> you know, I, I put in for the lottery and I got through the first stage, and you know, then actually the day that we were supposed to, you know, assigned to get tickets for the Seattle show. I was actually on vacation on <laughs> this little island in the in Puget Sound in yeah. Canada. Uh, so actually, my my daughter and her partner who live in Seattle uh, did the heavy lifting on actually getting the tickets. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so tell me about the lead up to the show. There, uh, traveling to Seattle, uh, the day of the show, the anticipation, the excitement. You know, you know, the anticipation and excitement went. You know, two weeks before the show, I was already pretty damn excited about it. And uh, I have a daughter who who lives in Seattle, my my oldest kid. Um, so I had you know I, I had a place to stay and and nice. lots of good reasons to to go to Seattle. So I I got four tickets uh, for for her and her partner, and I went and I and I took my my youngest kid who turns eighteen next year for for his. For show, my daughter had been with me uh, to the to the tour and for the Magic tour in, in San Jose in, in uh, 2007, I think it was. Right. Was this your son's first concert or first Springsteen concert? Uh, he's been to a couple of concerts, uh, but I told him ahead of time. I said, "This is going to be different from anything you've seen before." Yeah. And you know, he was maybe a little skeptical, but. You know, when when we walked out, he said, you were right. So you don't you don't hear that too much from your teenage kid. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Springsteen made a believer. Eh? Absolutely. <laughs> Another one. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So tell me about the show. Where was your where were your seats? We were toward the back uh, on the floor. Right. Cool. Standard set list. We I just spoke with um, uh, Frank, who was at the Portland Seattle show, and we kind of went through the set list. Standard set list, if you've been following it, he did do a couple of alternates, which were uh, Trapped and Burning Train were in t- in that uh, that slot where he had a couple of songs from the Soul Covers record, and he added right. Land and, of Hope and Dreams as well to the set. Yeah, and La- Land of Hope and Dreams was was a real highlight for me in that show. Uh, I've I've loved the song. I, I think it just speaks such a a powerful message, and uh, I felt pretty lucky to, to to hear it. That's cool, man. Uh, what are some other standout moments from the show? The opening number, "No Surrender," "Ghosts," "Prove It All Night." You know, and and all of that, I mostly kind of knew what was coming from from set list from previous shows. Yeah, yeah, it's hard uh, not to look, eh, Springsteen. It's hard not to it, look. It, 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 it is. It, it it is hard not to look. Um, the surprise you know, becomes and, the alternates. Like, oh, what did he play tonight? What's the one or what's the one switch he did? Right, that becomes the surprise set list to the night to night kind of thing, right? Absolutely. Um, 
you know, I was kind of blown away. I'd, I'd heard people had kind of mixed opinions about Kitty's back. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, just the musicianship of everybody on of everybody on stage, and uh, you know that that was kind of a standout number for me. Uh, any time, any show that I've seen, uh, Promised Land is always a, a highlight for me. You know, when I was a when I was a kid in high school, I I played in a high school band, and uh, the second song I learned to play on harmonica was was promised land, you know, when I was fumbling around with the harp and, you know, just to, just to hear him come out and, and, and play that with the passion that he played it with was, was so moving to me. So good. Um, yeah, the key of G. I love how the uh, the kind of split between the sax and the harmonica, right? That that emotion. Like I love how wind instruments, horns and harmonica. When you're pushing your air through an instrument, it has a little bit more texture, a little bit more emotion, passion than like a piano or guitar where you're playing with your fingers, right? So uh, absolutely, you know what I mean? yeah, it's yeah. coming. It's coming literally right out of the heart. That's right. <laughs> For every breath he's got, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, Trapped in Burning Train, Johnny 99, East Street Shuffle, Last Man Standing, Backstreets, Because of the Night, She's the One, Wrecking Ball, The Rising, Badlands. That's the main set, right? Pretty solid right. set list. I, I, like, when he did that the first night, I was like, wow, that's a pretty strong set list. Like, now we're used to it. It's just a solid set list, I think. It's impeccable, really. There's so many you songs, know? right? There's so many great songs. You know, they're, they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're all amazing songs. The way they, you know, and just, you know, it's bang, 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 you know, one, one into another, into another. It, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the momentum uh, is awesome. And, you know, one of the things I, I said to my 17 year old was, you know, what's different to me uh, seeing Bruce from from other shows is, you know, I've seen a lot of great artists over the year and you know, they play mostly what they do is they play a lot of great songs, you know, and Bruce plays a lot of great songs. But what he's the master of is the sum is greater than the parts, you know, and the parts are all pretty damn great. Uh, but the arc of the show, n nobody narrates the arc of a show the way he does, you know, the way he yeah. jumps in and brings you up and then, you know, quiets you down and then brings you up again and there's this climax and then there's this quiet ending and and leaves you with with joy and tears and you know that he's the he, he's the massive there's just nobody yeah. like him all the knows, songs yeah. are amazing but 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 the arc of the show is incredible when you have such a vast and deep catalog of songs to work with he's got these songs for every move that he wants to bring you on he's got a song that can do it right um i forgot to say closing the show closing the main set with a uh, land of hope and dreams after badlands yeah and then that great encore where he's starting with thunder road right he didn't have that the first show in uh, tampa but thunder road is, is finally back in that encore thunder road in a born to run rosalita glory days dancing in the dark 10th avenue freeze out <laughs> right just six incredibly strong songs and then closing the show with that lovely uh solo acoustic i'll see you in my dreams and that is so poignant you know i i, I he's out he's out there alone and you could hear a pin drop in this huge arena and uh you know i'm 
<laughs> I, you know, it's I, I'm 40 years on since, you know, my first show. And, you know, I've been on the ride with them. So, you know, when you know, you, that, that theme of facing mortality and, and taking from it the power of living, living the moment and, and finding joy, you know, it, it, it spoke really powerfully to me. But, you know, amazingly to me, it also spoke to my to my 17 year old kid. And that's the that's the power of the song. And his audience has grown up right with him, so a lot of these songs are, are, are they mean as much to us as they probably do to him, right? Maybe even more, you know. So, uh, mm-hmm. Ab- absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I was surprised again. I, I'd seen video. I, I'd seen video of the opening of the show. You know, the way they come out and Little Steve's got the big hat and uh, Steve's looking good, man. He is. He's looking great. You know, he's svelte and, and looking good. Got those leather pants um, on, those big, long Italian shoes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he, he's looking sharp. Did he have that purple Rickenbacker guitar at your show? He's just got that recently, I saw in, in some he, of his he, social he, media. He, 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 he did. He's, he, he played a number of guitars, but he did play the purple Rickenbacker. Yeah, it's and... a custom-made 12-string Rickenbacker guitar in uh, purple to match his clothing, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was surprised how much uh, the opening moved me, you know, just just the electricity when they came out, even though I, again, I, I'd seen it before. I knew what I was going to get. Uh, but, man, my heart skipped the beat, and uh it was a spiritual moment. You know, I've often said for me, you know, a Springsteen show is a religious experience. And, and it was, it was from the start. Can you pick one highlight of the night? Was there a moment that stood out to you, a song maybe that, uh, you know, you're glad you got to hear it that night? Um, you know, some of them that I've, I've pointed to promised land and, uh, Kitty's back. The rising is a, is a really powerful, meaningful song for me as it is for, for so many other people but you know I, I guess if i had to pick you know a standout moment unexpected maybe standout moment because it was the first time he he played it on the tour uh it would be land, land of hope and dreams yeah. um you know uh i think of the you know there's, there's this arc from you know thunder road where you know it's a town full of losers who are pulling out of here to win to then you you know the, the more mature vision of uh, land of hope and dreams is, you know, this train carries winners and losers, you know, and we're all winners sometimes and we're all losers sometimes. And, uh, you know, he takes you, we're all on that train together and, and, and to feel, look around the audience and, you know, just see everybody there and, you know, we're, we're all riding that train with you. And it was a, an awesome moment. That's great. That's great, man. Do you think you're going to see any more shows on this tour, or is that it for you? Have you seen? Any? Uh, we'll see. I'm hope. I, I'd, I'd like. I'd like to get to another show. Uh, I still got a lot of family back. You know, back east, and uh, you know, could always look for an excuse to get back east to see a show back in my my old old backyard. Yeah, he announced some big stadiums back on the that's uh that side of the the country with uh, three shows in new jersey there on labor day weekend yeah you know i've never seen him in new jersey but that you know that's part of the dream is to see him in jersey for sure yeah i always wanted to see him in either uh new york new jersey or philly right so uh so this yep. year i'm gonna go see him in philly uh one of those stadium shows in the summer so that'll be fun for awesome me. Yeah, man. <laughs> 
All right, Dan. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and uh, sharing your thoughts and recap of that great show in Seattle, man. My pleasure, and thanks for doing what you do, Lee. Take care. Thunder's rolling down this track Don't know where you're going now But you know you won't be back Well, darling, if you're weary Lay your head upon my chair We'll take what we can carry And we'll leave the rest Big wheels roll through fields where sunlight streams. Meet me in a land of hope and dreams.
astray, carry saints and sinners astray, carries losers and winners astray, carries whores and gamblers astray, carries lost souls, I said this tray, carries broken hearts astray, thieves and sweet souls departed. the show folks thanks for listening you can find us on our website at trampslikeuspod.com communicate with us on facebook at our tramps like us podcast group page tramps like us podcast is a non-profit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free we are not affiliated with bruce springsteen or columbia sony records if you've heard any music you like 
Please find it and purchase it from BruceSpringsteen.net, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to Bruce Springsteen and all past and current members of the heart-stopping, pants-dropping, hard-rocking, booty-shaking, earthquaking, love-making, Viagra-taking, history-making, testifying, death-defying, legendary E Street Band. Thanks, Seattle, for a wonderful night. God be with you. Safe travels. The E Street Band loves you.